All right, welcome to another episode of Texans Unfiltered. I'm your host, John Wade. I am joined this week by Patrick Storm and Paul Hamlin. And I'm I'm really excited about this week. We we're gonna talk about other teams other than the Texans. Granted, that's probably not gonna be any less depressing because I think the AFC South is starting to improve, but maybe I'm wrong. Um, Pat, how are you doing? Good and yourself? Good. Glad we just you got the like follow all these audio issues figured out. <laughs> well, hopefully they stay figured out. Yeah. And then Paul, really excited to have you back again. And it looks like uh, at least somebody in chat's excited to see you again. How are you, man? I'm doing good. I kind of took a little break from football. I haven't really touched on anything, but it's kind of the dead part of the off season. So I feel like everyone's at that point right now. This is, I think, the slowest week of the year for the NFL. They haven't figured out how to put something exciting for this two week stretch, like OTAs are all done. Training camp hasn't started. It's really an odd time to do any sort of like player movement. Like there's not going to be anybody traded. There's no sign. There's no, nobody getting signed. It's just a weird, weird part of the off season. Yeah. That's why they put out a bunch of Madden stuff to kind of keep people busy. But the Madden this <laughs> year is trash. Oh, for sure. For sure. But apparently it'll be better next year, but that's what they say every year. Isn't I mean what they need to do is bring 2K back. Oh yeah, I never got to play that. I was I'm too young for that. But dude, that I mean, what was that? High school, and middle middle school NFL 2K was the game. Like it was even it was better. It was better than Madden. Like oh, really? just from like a having fun standpoint. Like it was just I don't know. I wouldn't say it's more realistic, but it was definitely definitely a lot more fun than Madden. Hey, Pat, is there anything going on right now? Anything exciting? Anything of note worth talking about? Um, not really. I mean, there's just a lot of chatter about a lot of stuff, nothing concrete. And, um, you know, guys are gearing up and they're getting, you know, they're getting ready for, for training camp in a few weeks. Um, I don't know if people, uh, people saw it, but the Rock Boys are going to be back this year. Jacob Martin put out a thing that the, revenge tour is on for this season so we'll see we'll see how the rock boys do um you know brandon scarlett's not there so they, they lost a key member of the, of, of the rock boys but uh we'll, well see if Archer McKinney's not there either True. So, yeah so who are the rock boys now martin uh, and whitney um maybe shaq lawson hops in on it uh zach cunningham and the 49 other linebackers they've signed <laughs> Fair enough. I think they need to. I think they need a new name. I mean, can't go by the Rock Boys after the performance last year. But I agree. But it is what it is. All right. So let's get to it. I guess we'll start off talking about the Indianapolis Colts. Um, I mean, kind of the point of this week's show was talk about other teams. Maybe it'll be a little bit less depressing. Maybe. Maybe not. I don't. I don't know. When we look at these teams and we look at where how where they're at and where they're going what does it mean for the texans more importantly than anything else like first off is afc would you even still say that the afc is still the trash mountain like year in year out when we won the afc it's like well we're kings of trash mountain but i mean i always hated that but i would definitely say at this point the afc is not the worst conference in football anymore or the FC South. I'm sorry. The FC South is not the worst 
um, division in football anymore. Um, any thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I, I don't think we're one of the better conferences. I still think we're in the bottom four, but we're we're not the worst at one point. And I think a lot of it has to do with quarterback play. I, I think like previous years, like we had Gardner Minshew last year, and uh, that was really – I felt like it was holding the AFC back. But just previous years way back when – it, we just always had – there were certain bad quarterbacks, and it's usually the Texans having a bad quarterback. And that's why everyone would say, like, the AFC South is the worst division in the league. It just really was quarterback play holding us back. What do you think, yeah. Matt? Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. It's, you know, obviously the Texans quarterback situation, um, a lot of people probably have an idea of what's going to happen. Um, but, you know, you look at what the Colts have done. The Colts went from having Andrew Luck to Jacoby Brissett then they had, um, you know, Philip Rivers for a year or two years, and now they've got they've got Carson Wentz, and so now they've got Wentz. Um, the Titans have um, Tannehill, who has kind of made a, a comeback in, in the NFL, um, and then the Jaguars obviously getting Trevor Lawrence first overall. Um, so you've got some, you know, respectable quarterbacks around the division um, to start out, you know, start it out. So. And then the Colts, obviously, their defense has been pretty good for the past few years. Um, the Titans' defense is, it, you know, it's funny because with Vrabel being the defensive guy that he is, their defense has kind of been not their strong suit, and their offense has really carried that team. Um, although they've added some pieces over the past few years, uh, see if they can maybe put it together this year and be a really competitive team. Um, and then the Jaguars are the Jaguars. They've had a, a huge roster turnover in the past few years. Um, still picking in the top, you know, top 10 for several years outside of the one fluke season they had. Um, so, you know, they could potentially be a, a, a mediocre 500 team. Um, the Texans, we don't know. It's way too many unknowns right now. But um, to say that the, the AFC South would be the worst division in the, in the NFL, uh, no, you can't do that anymore. There's way too much talent over here in this division. Um, and, I have a feeling even though the Texans are going to be not a great team, they're going to be a scrappy team, so they're going to play competitively. Um, and they may give some teams a, a tough time. And I think the uh, the Jaguars may do the same on top of the Titans and Colts, you know, kind of making a run uh, into the playoffs, especially with the expanded playoffs. Oh, definitely. And let's start off with the Colts. Um, my Part of my argument was, there's no way that the AFC South is that bad when you have two teams in the playoffs and the Colts were 11 and five last year and they were second in the, in the South. Like this isn't getting to 500 and making the playoffs as a second team. They were 11 and five. Like that's a pretty good season. Like, you know, we were pretty happy when we went, when we did 11 and five and just for reference, like the Colts were bad offensively last year. Like they were really, really bad. Uh, points per game, 26. Yards per game, 30th. Passing yards per game, 25th. Rushing yards per game, 26th. The Colts were bad on offense. And, you know, they've switched out Phillip Rivers for Carson Wentz. Do we think that that's going to make a difference? Do we think they're going to improve any? And if they do improve, like, where does that put them? I feel like they definitely improve with Carson Wentz, but not by much. I, I think statistically they'll improve, but record-wise, I I really can't see them hitting eleven to five again. I think that was I think that was their peak, even though it was with Philip Rivers. I still think that's like the highest their record could go, especially this season. But I'm not a big Wentz fan. I thought he just had a 
awful season last year. And I get there's not much going on in Philly or with the supporting cast, but he he could have done a little better with because you kind of just look at like what Deshaun did with nothing. You kind of expect at least Carson Wentz to be average for being a second overall pick. Pat, do you have any thoughts thought on that? Yeah, I mean, we'll see what he does now. He's back over with Frank Wright again, and so we'll see if that if that makes a big difference, right? Um, if they can kind of get Carson back to the way he was. He was playing pretty good that year that they ended up in the Super Bowl. Um, you know, I know Nick Foles came in and kind of carried him through. Um, but I think Wentz can be a viable quarterback. Um, I, I won't say he's going to be, you know, a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. But, you know, in today's – in today's NFL, if you have a decent game manager, somebody that can come in there, not turn over the ball, um, and just get yards, um, then you know they have a chance to to really uh, be competitive against some teams. And I think that with Frank Reich back calling the plays and being in Carson's ear, um, they have a chance to do that. So uh, I wouldn't take them lightly, especially you know Ty's there still, um, and they've got some other young wide receivers that have really given the you know, Texans especially fits over the past few years. Um, and their defense, their defense is still really good and still really young. And so uh, we'll see. Yeah, their defense is still really, really good. And then the other big hole on their roster was offensive tackle. They lose Anthony Costanzo. He retired early. And then they somehow end up with Julian Davenport. No, I'm just kidding. Julian Davenport was signed by the Colts, but Eric Fisher to step in at left tackle. Do yeah. you think Fisher at this point in his career, is he's an upgrade? Is he a side grade or is he a downgrade from from Constanzo? I think he's going to be at least a side grade. I mean, look what happened with Trent Williams. Trent Williams took a year off from football. Um, nobody thought he was going to be worth a damn when he came back. And then, you know, he comes in and he's a top five left tackle in the NFL again. Um, granted, he's in a really great offensive system over there in San Francisco, but still, I think, I think Fisher still has a lot of, um, you know, decent gears ahead of him. And, you know, for an offensive lineman, you can play longer and uh, and at a higher level than a lot of other guys can on that field. Um, it's just the nature of the position. And so, you know, his his talent is, is still there. Um, so I think the it's definitely at least a side grade. Um, I don't think they downgraded at all left tackle. What do you think, Paul? Yeah, I was going to say, correct me if I'm wrong, but he's coming off an injury, right? A pretty serious one. Uh, Kelly's, I believe. Yeah, yeah I, I'd be a little worried. I, I do consider it a little bit of a downgrade, but not not by much. I'm not – I wouldn't be too worried if I was in D because Eric Fisher was still a really good tackle, and he was he was number one overall pick for a reason. He never really lived up to his hype as a number one overall pick, but he did really well in Kansas City the time he was there. Yeah, I mean, he's – He's still talented. Um, Achilles injuries usually don't affect offensive linemen the same way that they affect, you know, like running backs um, or other uh, running backs or running backs and linebackers. If either one of those positions tear in Achilles, their careers are done. However, offensive tackles, you know, he should be all right, which I almost hate to say because I hate to say good things about the Colts. Um, he's expected to miss at least the first month of the season. So my joke about Julian Davenport is he may be the starting left tackle for the first month of the season. Now with Carson Wentz, he's a lot more athletic than Philip Rivers, especially at this point. And uh, Rivers is now retired, but you would expect that even Carson Wentz at 80% of what Carson Wentz was three years ago to be more athletic. So having 
a quality left tackle? Is that as much of a big deal for the Colts? I think so a little bit, just because if you watch a lot of the like if you watch the Eagles last year, their their whole offensive line was kind of a mess, and Wentz Wentz was really struggling. And you kind of look at um, what's his name, Andre Dillard. Whenever he was the tackle for the Eagles, it just didn't work out well. So I'd be a little worried for their first, I guess, I guess four games if Eric Fisher's going to miss the first month. All right, Pat, do you have anything to add to that? No, no. All right. I mean, we we know what Julian Davenport's ability is going to be. So I mean, Carson's used to playing with that type of uh, with that type of offensive line. So. Maybe they game plan around it. Yeah, and I mean, I mean, Julian Davenport was a player that he might have been all right, but his development got completely messed up. Um, I'm not going to point fingers at anybody, uh, but <laughs> <laughs> you know, familiar, devil fault. familiar familiar person over here in uh in Houston. All right. Um, well, the projected starting lineup for the Colts on offense is Carson Wentz with Jonathan Taylor, Naheem Hines, T.Y. Hilton, Michael Pittman, Paris Campbell, Jack Doyle. They really didn't draft any offensive players until the fourth round. They drafted a tight end out of SMU. Um, I'm sure somebody out in chat um, or on Twitter or somebody will tell me that Kyle, Kylan Granson is a good player. I, I have no idea if he is or not. I, I I really don't know, but he was their first offensive player taken. And again, they were really, really bad on offense last year. So hearing those skill position players, do you think that they underperformed last year or do you think that they're going to be better this year on offense? I think they might be better. Um, I think they got, I think that they'll, they'll take a step forward. Um, Taylor's been in the league a year longer. Um, Pittman's been in the league a year longer. Um, Doyle is a decent tight end. Um, I just think that something is going to click for them that it, I don't know. And I'm not going to call it the, the Tannehill comeback for Wentz, but it's something that I feel like Wentz is going to just going to take, you know, another step from where he took a step back um, and, you know, potentially just be a little bit better quarterback than what he was in the past with the Eagles. So we'll see. I mean, I just, I don't think that they, I don't think they get any worse. Yeah, I can definitely agree with that. It's uh, like a point I'm going to highlight is Michael Pittman. He, he was not that good last year and I expect him to make a big jump this year. And I, I think eventually with TY being 31, they're going to have to just like, it, his time might be coming to an end and in, uh, in Indy, and then I could see Michael Pittman stepping up in his role as being the wide receiver one. Yeah, and Paris Campbell has flashed, and he's been annoying. So there is some talent on that offense, but one thing that I overlooked when we were sitting there talking about Costanzo and Eric Fisher is last year the Colts were 31st in pressure percentage. So amount of amount of passing downs that they allowed pressure. So that's a defender within a yard of the quarterback. They were 31st. So that offensive line struggled. Yeah. And then you're going to put Wentz behind that offensive line and they're downgrading their left tackle. Well, you don't think Wentz is a, better, is a more mobile and more um, capable quarterback than Old Man Rivers? I mean, that that's kind of the question. Is Wentz 
was part of that pressure percentage just because Rivers was such a statue. Like he didn't have legs anymore. Well, I mean, and he also throw, throws that sidearm. So, I mean, was that on Rivers or is, or is that how bad the Colts offensive line is? Like, Paul, you've got this look on, on your face. Like, I can't believe that stat. Yeah, I was I was a little shocked, but I think thinking about it, it really has to be on Rivers because everyone used to talk about the Colts offensive line being this great like powerhouse offensive line, and so that's why I was a little surprised because the narrative is for the Colts since I guess they have Quentin Nelson that everyone thinks that their offensive line is just like just crazy good, but I think a lot of it had to do with Philip Rivers. He just sits there like a statue, and that's probably why they had so much pressure. Yeah, and didn't Quentin Nelson miss miss time last year? I should have looked that up. I don't think he missed time, but I know he had to play left tackle in, in a game or two. And so I, their offensive line was in flux for a little bit, and they had to, you know, obviously make some adjustments and move guys around. Um, and Quentin Nelson is more than capable of playing probably every all five positions on that line just because the guy's a natural animal. I mean, he's just a, a freak um, offensive lineman, and he's a great guard. Um, so, I mean, that's – yeah, that's 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 crazy. Thirty first, but I, I put a lot of that in Rivers, man. He just he can't move. Um, yeah. I mean, he they were offensive defensive coordinators were probably just licking their chops at seeing him back there all season. Adjusted sack rate was twenty second. So they weren't awful, but they weren't great. <laughs> but, Better than yeah. us. So the most most important part is what what do we think of the future of Indianapolis? Are they a team that's ascending are we thinking they're kind of at their peak like this is their window do we think that they could go either way like what is our overall opinion of them right now i feel like they have a great coaching uh, i i feel like they have a great coaching staff and but and that can definitely coach this team up to be like a really good playoff team but i, I just don't think Wentz could take them to a super bowl i just don't see it happening i just don't believe in Carson Wentz enough for for and it would pain me so much to see the Colts in the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, that would definitely suck. I think that I think right now they're going to kind of just like plateau. I think they'll be kind of right around where they were last year. Um, I don't see them blowing anybody away or just you know going on a, a complete tear. But uh, I think they're they're like one or two pieces away, um, and unfortunately, they're not going to have. Because what did they give up for wins? It's a it's a second that can turn into a first if he first. plays enough games. Yeah, and that's which all he, he will. Uh, it may have been something is. else, but that was the key point. Because I thought the Eagles got a second. I got. I, I think, think they, they also got a third too. So they gave up a little bit of draft capital for him. Um, and like Paul said earlier, T. Y. Hilton's time is probably coming to an end. So they're going to be looking for another wide receiver soon. Um, cause I mean, regardless of who else has been there, he has been wide receiver one, uh, for years and years and years for them. Um, and so they're going to be missing that. Uh, and then, you know, offensive line, you know, if even if Fisher comes back and he gives them one or two years, you're, you're still going to be needing an offensive tackle and a left tackle at that. Um, and so I think they're going to be, I think right now they're going all in and they're pushing all their chips into the middle of the table and trying to hope that this can, you know, that Wentz can kind of push them over the hill. And I, I don't see it happening, but, you know, they may just, uh, they may risk it all for this year. Yeah. I mean, y'all can tell me if I'm wrong, but I kind of see them in a similar situation to the uh, 
that the Texans were in about six years ago, seven years ago, where you have a very strong defense, but your offense is going to be just stuck in a rut no matter how many um, quality skill positions you have because you're going to be in quarterback purgatory. Um, Andrew Luck retiring really, really hurt this franchise. And, you know, thank God, because they their window would be longer. Like <laughs> This is actually, the perf- in my opinion, this is the perfect time for the Texans to be bad because when the Texans bounce back, the Colts aren't going to be able to maintain. Like, it's been proven over and over again by analytics that having a defense stay consistently good for a considerable amount of time is next to impossible. It's very, very rare that you put up multiple top five performances in a row. And then on top of that, they run a very, very zone heavy look compared to the rest of the NFL. And part of that may be teams just aren't used to playing that much zone when they come into Indianapolis, but NFL teams will adapt. Like there's a reason why zone being as zone heavy as the Colts are fell out of favor. So I think that it'll come back around. Like right now they, their defense probably overachieved. I can't imagine that they're going to continue to be fourth in points per game. I can't imagine them repeating that last year and uh, yards per game. They were second and then passing yards per game. They were also second. Like, I just can't, and it was mainly because of zone coverage. I just can't imagine that being a long-term answer. And they have, they're going to be, I just think that they're going to be in a bad spot with their quarterback position as much as, you know, certain individuals in my family are big Carson Wentz fans, like all my in-laws because of North Dakota state. I just, I don't see Carson Wentz improving at all. All right. Next team up, we're going to go to the bottom, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Oh, actually, one last question about the Colts before we move on. Um, according to Vegas, the Colts are projected to win 10 games. Are we going to go over or under on that? I feel like that's just right. That's exactly, I, that's exactly where I would put them. But if I had to pick over or under, I would actually take, take the over. Yeah, I'm going to take the under. Okay. All right, we're going to move on to the Jaguars. Um, Urban Meyer, the legendary college football coach, is trying to bust into the NFL. He finally gets his chance with the Jaguars. The Jaguars, as always, are a hot mess of a franchise. Um, They had their chance. They blew it because they stuck with Blake Bortles as a quarterback, and they had their chance to upgrade on him, and they missed it. And this time, not messing around. They get Urban Meyer, and then they get Trevor Lawrence as their quarterback. Do we think that the future looks bright for Jacksonville? No. I, I, I'm going to say yes. <laughs> I'm a big Trevor Lawrence fan. I just – Oh, you can go ahead, bet. I just I, – like I get – like I get they have Trevor now, but if you look at their defense, it's just way, way, way too too many holes. Um. I mean, just right off the top, their their cornerback group is abysmal. I mean, I, I just I don't think they're going to be unless they're going to be getting pressure on the quarterback. They're going to have, you know, they're going to have guys that are very similar to what Vernon Hargraves was for the Texans last year out there, um, trying to cover guys, and it's going to be it's going to be tough. Um, but I mean, their offense may be able to keep them in some games. See, I kind of like the pieces they have on defense. I I feel like they're definitely not gonna their defense isn't gonna be great this year, but they they have Josh Allen there. They uh they have 
drafted someone out of LSU, the, the linebacker. Um, uh, I think his last name's Ch yeah, yeah, Ch yeah, Chase on. And then they have Miles Jack there too. And then um, their first round draft pick from CJ CJ Henderson, he uh, at corner. And then oh, they also signed Shaquille or Sha Shaquille Griffin. Mm -hmm. I might be saying his brother's name, but yeah, yeah I feel like they have. I definitely feel like they have the key pieces there. It's they're not going to be great this year. I I don't think so, but I think it's something they can build upon. What if I told you the Jaguars had a really good defense last year? Points per game. <laughs> points per game, they were fourth. What? <laughs> no uh, shot. You sure it's not like 2017 Jacksonville? <laughs> this wow, is really? according to fantasyfootballers.org. So unless that's fantasy points per game, which the way they've got it structured doesn't look like it, points allowed per game, fourth. Wow. So their That's, offense was that bad. Yeah, I mean, how do you how do you secure the number one overall pick and you have the fourth best defense? Their offense was really bad. <laughs> Were they worse than the Texans though? Um, let's see. They I scored mean, the Texans 20 offense wasn't awful, obviously because Watson threw for, you know, the most yards in the league, right? But Man, that's – It may just be one of those that teams just didn't have to score against the Jaguars. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> yeah, points per game. offense On offense, they were 26. Yards per game, they were 30th. I mean, maybe their defense does, you know, stay pretty much the same. I forgot they got Andre Sisco too, so – Oh, whoa. There's, this is an error. This is an error. These are the exact same stats as the Colts. That's awesome. Okay, so I'm not I'm not gonna read I'm not gonna read the stats anymore. Like this is somebody somebody copied and pasted the wrong thing. So we're we're not gonna talk about the stats on the Jaguars because that's not that's not right. They're definitely not fourth. <laughs> I was like that that can't. Uh, yeah. Next time I'll use common sense before I speak. Um, <laughs> well, here I'll pull it up on Pro Football Reference because that's. They're usually pretty good. Yeah. So, Pro Football Reference has the Jaguars defense as 31st. That makes more sense. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> How do y'all feel about Mr. Tim Tebow being there? That's a joke, man. It's yeah. It's joke. <laughs> I don't think he makes it week one. I, he'll definitely be cut by the end of preseason. I mean, he's got, you know, the, the hype that the – just the, the marketability around him is, is potentially enough to keep him at least – and I don't know how they're doing the practice squads again this year, um, but to keep him around, right? Just – He's no, he was number one in a while for jersey sales. So just think about that. I mean, Shad Khan is not an idiot. The the Khan family is smart and they love money. Um, and he's not an expensive player, so why not keep him on the 53 and, um, you know, make money off of him? 
Why not? He's going to sit on the bench. Maybe he goes out there and plays special teams. Um, and he flies downfield and gets you a couple of tackles on on kickoff coverage or something like that. But it just I think it, I think it was an absolute it's it's a sham. You know, there's so many guys that have been busting their butt for years and years and years that have the ability to be on an NFL roster. And now, you know, there's one less spot because Tim Tebow, the name carries more weight than the ability. So I just sorry, little rant. No, you're you're absolutely right. I mean. Tim Tebow is a he's he's raw raw he's a raw raw boy, like he's got a cult following because of this image that he projects. But there's other players that deserve to be in the league that are not in the league, and Tebow's getting another shot. Like it actually, I mean, it aggravates me to to no end. This is no disrespect to Tebow. Like I know he's worked hard to get himself in this position, and it's not his fault. Well, maybe it is his fault that the uh, the media follows him the way that it does. But let's be honest, like Tebow, when he was at Florida and he was considered when he was the Heisman winner at Florida, he wasn't the best player on that team. Percy Harvin was. Yeah. Percy Harvin was the one that made that offense go. Not Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow got all the credit because he was the quarterback and he did a little jump pass. But let's be honest, like that team, that offense, even when he was in college, without the skill position players that he had around him, wasn't going to be as good as it was. And then he gets into the NFL, and he's so dead set on playing quarterback, but he couldn't even throw an NFL si- the, the, the NFL standard size ball. So, I mean, if he had come into the league and tried to be a tight end right from the jump, maybe it more sympathetic. But, yeah, he's just he's costing somebody else a job, which is absolutely not fair. Yeah, I was reading reports that, that well, it may, it may, I don't know if they're true or not, but they were talking about using Tim Tebow the same way the Saints have used Taysom Hill. And it just, it just didn't make sense to me. He could barely throw whenever he's in the NFL as is. I just, I, I thought it was all publicity stuff to sell more tickets. I mean, yeah, you could use him like Taysom Hill 10 years ago, but yeah. he's in his 30s now. And I, and I get that he hasn't taken the beating because he hasn't played, but, he tried to be well. He even tried to play special teams for the Jets. Like, what was he, the uh, personnel protector, or the punt protector? I'm sorry. Like, and he didn't make the team doing that. So at this point, it's literally just to get Florida fans interested in in a franchise that's not any good, and they shouldn't need it because they just drafted Trevor Lawrence. He's supposed to be the Golden Boy quarterback. Yeah, it, it's crazy when when like <clears throat> the 30 plus year old washed up never was quarterback is selling out selling your first overall pick in jerseys and multiple colors be it so he held like three positions you know he held the black the the teal and and the white and i just i mean it, it's it's a joke it's a joke you know yeah. you know if i was trevor lawrence i would be pissed off i would be too i don't think i, mean, I don't think it's in trevor lawrence to be that way but if I was him, I would be beyond pissed off. Even though they signed him as a tight end, it still would would irk me that, you know, like, hey, man, I was your, you know, you just invested 30 plus million dollars in me and draft, you know, use the very first overall pick in the, in the draft to draft me. And then you're going to go out and sign this media circus over here. And, you know, but maybe that's what they intended to do. 
maybe they're doing it to take pressure off of maybe they're they're taking pressure off of Trevor. They're trying to take the media pressure off and put a media circus to Tim Tebow out there. Maybe it's some next level stuff by Amy Palsic. I don't know. I maybe. mean, maybe. I mean, that actually makes more sense because for as much as people said that Trevor Lawrence would have been the first overall pick out of high school, dude has to work on his game some. Like, I mean, he's oh, yeah. he's not to get, he's a great prospect still. He's not going to step in and be a top 15 quarterback. He's still probably the best prospect at quarterback. Like, I can understand that, and I can understand that way of speaking about him. But he does have holes in his game. 100%. Yeah. So maybe maybe Tebow's there just to take that pressure off, or maybe he's there to light a fire under Trevor Lawrence to make sure he knows that Trevor Lawrence is like, no, no, this is going to be my franchise. I don't know. But to me, I would be I would be aggravated. I would be aggravated. Um, what do we think? Do we think Trevor Lawrence starts week one? Oh, oh, oh yeah. for sure. <laughs> I don't think they have many other – oh, Gardner Minshew, but I, they're going to let Trevor. Your fan base would riot if you start Gardner Minshew again over Trevor Lawrence. No. They, they, they love Gardner got, Minshew down there. They also got C.J. Much- Beathard. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you could, you might, if you're starting Beth, you might as well start Tebow. <laughs> there you go. Tim Tebow wins the starting QB. That would be. Oh, man. Uh, other additions they got Marvin Jones, Shaquille Griffin, Jihad Ward, um, Malcolm Brown, Carlos Hyde, Rayshon Jenkins, Philip Dorsett, Roy Robertson Harris, Rudy, Rudy Ford. Damian Wilson, Chris Manhurt, CJ Beathard, Jamal Agnew, and Tim Tebow. Any of those guys move the needle for them? No. I think they're they're gonna improve, but just not 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 a crazy amount for sure. They they won't be as bad as two wins. I could definitely see them getting bumped four or five wins just with Trevor alone. And let's see, projected starting um, lineup is Trevor Lawrence, Travis. At, how do you Etienne. say his name? Etienne? Etienne? Etienne. Etienne. Um, James Robinson, DJ Chark, Lavishka Chenault, Marvin Jones, and Chris Mannertz. So what is that? Two rookies. Um, even though Etienne, they're apparently playing him at receiver, like playing him as like a slash player. Did y'all see yeah. that? Like his yeah, entire that... OTAs, they didn't let him take any snaps at running back. Do we think that's smart? No. No, not really. Unless they really want him to be a receiving back, but that still wouldn't make sense if he's only taking uh, reps at receiver. I mean, I don't get it's... The to begin with. After no. what, what James Robinson did last year, I don't. I don't see why they invested that type of a, a draft pick in a running back, but I feel like I could understand the pick if it was a second round pick. Cause I think they want kind of that. I thought it was if, if Travis Etienne actually plays, um, if he actually plays running back, I thought they were going to go for more of a power back role in James Robinson and then a receiving back with, with Travis uh, Etienne. But I, with him playing receiver, it just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, it's weird. If you look, 
if you look at the holes they have on the roster, their offense actually isn't in that bad of shape. Like James Robinson, DJ Chark, Le- I can't, is it Chen- LaVisca? LaVisca Chenault? LaVisca as Chenault, many, yeah. As, as many people that talk about him in fantasy football, I really should be able to say his name. And Marvin Jones, for skill players, that's not a bad starting lineup. But you take those, you take Chark, he, he's talented. Like, I like Chark. Um, Chenault, everybody expects him to be, like, because he's, he's just dynamic. Mm-hmm. Like, he's got a lot of potential. And Marvin, Marvin Jones has been solid. And then you look at what James Robinson did last year. Like, for skill players, that's not bad. So why do you take Travis Etienne and then don't even give him a position? He's going to play both running back and wide receiver. I mean, is that that's just the Jaguars doing Jaguar things. New coach, new GM, and they're still doing Jaguar things. Yeah, and then they – I don't even remember what – I don't know what they signed Carlos Hyde to, but they signed him to some weird – really weird deal. I'm going to look it up real quick. It's kind of funny because he, he was – He's already been to Jacksonville once, and it did not work out well at all for him. Yeah, he got a two-year, four-and-a-half-million-dollar contract out of them. To be the third string back? I mean, his agent is something else, man. I mean, he kind of let him down whenever it came to, you know, whenever he left the Texans. But, you know, to get him as, you know, 30 years old, man. Yeah, and like they've—I mean—they've got some talent on the skill position side. Like Carlos Hyde and Philip Dorsett. Like, I don't know. Really going to be anything for them, though. I mean, he's not a bad player. He's a little bit on the older side, but if he's your fourth receiver, like you could do worse. True. Yeah. So right now they're projected by Vegas to win six wins. Is that high or low? I think that might be low for them. Yeah, I was. I I see them at seven at least. I see them at seven. Yeah. Seven. Okay. Good to know. Good. Just to because know. of Tim Tebow, man. <laughs> oh, Tebow time. Good for two wins, right? Yeah. So they're a five-one team without Tebow. Give Tebow, and you get two more wins. All right. And finally, we got the Tennessee Titans. Um, Let's see. They lost their defensive coordinator. And they've got a new one, Shane Bowen. And then they lost their offensive coordinator to Atlanta. He's now their head coach. Um, Player additions. This this is a fun one. The Titans were already – you know, pretty good team. They had Julio Jones, Norris Jenkins, Bud Dupree, the Nico Autry, Kendall. L- oh. <laughs> uh, sorry, <laughs> um, Kendall Lamb is one of the few players that I've ever said bad things about on this podcast. Uh, Marcus Johnson, Josh Reynolds, Brian Hill, and Ola Adenemi. So, what are we what are we thinking about the Titans? I'm I'm not crazy about their defense, especially the secondary. I I don't really. I'm I just. I think it's Kevin Byard and maybe maybe Armini Hooker too, but I I just don't really care for their corners too much. How yeah, I Dupree is going to have to prove that he can do it without T.J. Watt opposite of him. 
Um, uh, losing Dean Pease a few years ago for them was was crucial. Um, so, and now they've lost Arthur Smith to Atlanta. Um, that's a lot of pressure on on Vrabel. So, right now, I don't have the exact number, but Tannehill has as many fantasy points as Pat Mahomes since Tannehill became the uh, starting quarterback as the ten- for the Tennessee Titans. That's not to say that Tannehill is anywhere near the type of player that Mahomes is, but how much of that is the offensive quarterback and how much of that is him figuring out how to play quarterback? How much of that is having Derrick Henry in your backfield and defenses have to respect you? And A.J. Brown as a receiver, well, was receiver number one. But now having Julio, too. I just feel like with Tannehill and even Henry, too, they got to slow down eventually, especially Henry. Taking that much wear and tear, it's just, like, unheard of for a running back to be this good this consistently. Because where was yeah, he at? Tannehill's. He's gotta he's gotta come back down to earth. Like a lot of it I think is Derrick Henry. However, is it gonna be this year when you have Julio Jones and AJ Brown to throw to? I mean Julio Jones, even at what is he, thirty-three, is still an upgrade over Corey Davis. Oh yeah. For sure. Well, and, and maybe it's this year because he's he's losing Arthur Smith too. Yeah. I, well and I, John o. Smith was a quality player. I liked him. Oh, yeah. But Dolph said that I think AJ Brown is going to take another step. And that's scary yeah. already. Yeah, AJ I, is scary good. I said it last year before the Titans game that AJ Brown is going to quickly become the best wide receiver in the AFC South, and I, I still stand by that. Granted, the competition has gotten a, a little bit easier for that that title. But I think that A.J. Brown could easily end up being the best wide receiver in the AFC South. Um, and he's going to end up being one of the best wide receivers in the league. Like, he's, a very, he's very, very talented. And usually year three is when wide receivers really put it together. Um, it's pretty much year three for every position. I know people have heard me say that before. But year three is usually when most players take their big jump. So A.J. Brown, I mean, he had two, two solid years so far. Now coming into this year, and he can't be doubled, and you got Julio Jones on the other side. Like I think that's kind of a scary thought. Yeah, I mean they he was already he was fifteenth in yards last year, um, yards per attempt he was sixth overall in the NFL, yards per completion he was fourth, quarterback rating he was fifth. So, I mean. That's pretty good, and then you just gave him Julio Jones. I mean, how did y'all feel know. about the Julio Jones trade? Did like to me, it didn't. I it it made sense on like the part of losing Corey Davis and wanting to replace him, but then also I just felt like their defense and their secondary could have like, especially cornerback, could use a little more help than yeah. really adding another receiver. But only giving up a second for Julio, I guess, is still a steal, even though he's thirty three. He's just that good when he's healthy. That's Honestly, my my biggest thought on it was like, oh, no, people are going to com- try and uh, compare the Hopkins trade to what? <laughs> yeah, they were. 
And that was aggravating because, you know, Hopkins in his 20s, prime of his career versus Julio Jones in his 30s on the back end of his career. And the only reason Julio got traded is because apparently it's possible to mess up the salary cap. The salary cap does exist. I don't know where Cody is because he's usually in in chat telling everybody that the salary cap's a lie. But for the Falcons, for the Falcons, somebody messed up and it isn't a very real thing. The Falcons, without trading Julio Jones, couldn't sign their rookies. They were put in a bad spot. So it was. Yeah. So the Titans just lucked into it, essentially. Well, also, who who is starting at tackle next to like uh I know Taylor Ruan is gonna be on one side, but is it Kendall Lamb at right tackle or I mean, I hope so. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe this is maybe this is me, and this is the the friend of and me talking. But I don't think Kendall Lamb's that bad of a tackle. No, he played for Cleveland too, and he played. And I I thought he he did a really decent job. Yeah, I was. He's one of those guys that once he left the Texans, he got better. When he played on the Texans, he wasn't even a speed bump. Like, it was some of the worst tackle play that I'd ever seen. He went from, I believe, the Texans to the Panthers and looked like a quality player with the Panthers. And then went to the Jack, and then he went to the Browns and he looked quali- like a quality player with them, which is amazing, isn't it? You, you get away from a certain coach and all of a sudden your game improves. <laughs> Let's see. They don't even have Kendall on the, on the roster. Are you talking about the Titans? Mm-hmm. I see them on the ESPN one. Their website may not just be up to date. I don't know. Because they have – so they've got Taylor, Brandon Kemp, Christian De- Delora, Paul Adams. Um, CVS has Kendall Lamb as the starting right tackle. Yeah, I mean, I could see it, judging by the other the other guys that are on the roster. I think I think Kendall Lamb will do fine. Like, at tackle, he won't be great. He won't – he won't be someone that people talk about, but he'll be yeah. fine. No one, he's, no one will notice. He's he's a better version of Roderick Johnson. Did that make you know? I mean, he wasn't great. Um, who was the other guy we had? Was it a uh, Chris, Chris? Not Chris Clark. Chris Clark. Yeah, Chris Clark was. Chris, it, we always had him rotating in at tackle. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely better than that. Yeah, um, that's not that hard to be. <laughs> if you keep him at one position, he's gonna do fine. He'll be okay. But I think what he was in Cleveland, he was playing left tackle, maybe. And now he's gonna, and if he's gonna be playing right tackle, but I mean, he's kind of played both his whole career, so I don't know if it'll be that big of a, you know, it'll be that hard for him. I mean, he got an $8.5 million or two-year deal for 8.5 mil. So, I mean, they're expecting him to play. Yeah, he definitely – he finally got the, you know, the little payday that he, you know, he's been working towards. Yeah, it just – he's one of those guys that I feel bad for saying something bad because, you know, Devlin was really the problem. Um, but Kendall Lab as a Texan was horrible. And it's good for him that he's out there. I mean, he's an App State guy. He's a small school guy. 
and good for him to actually get out, improve, and, you know, go make a paycheck. So I'll take back previous trash thought talk I've said about him. Literally, probably the only player that I've ever, like, said something strongly negative. Like, I even think I even cursed. And, of course, it turns out that he gets away from the Texans, turns into a decent guy. Um, my So what's our, what's our opinion of the uh, – the Titans, they're going to be, do you think they, last year they won 11 games. Do you, this year they are projected to win 10 games. Do you think that's accurate with the extra game? Do you think that they can win 11 games again? I would put them back at 11 again, just because of the extra game. Um, Just because of how bad the Texans are going to be potentially. And that the schedule this year should be a little bit easier for them as well. Um, So I think that they can definitely, I think they can hang at 11 games again. I I got them under, I definitely see them. I got them at about nine wins. I just really don't trust uh, their secondary. And then I feel like they're banking on their first round draft pick, Caleb Farley to play a lot for them, especially, I, Especially with uh, letting Adoree Jackson go, I know Adoree Jackson wasn't great for them, but I, I just don't see many other corners that they could actually play. They could play. I saw that. I saw they signed uh, Janorius Jenkins, but he's thirty-two. Like, oof, I don't expect much. But I think their defense holds them back, and they're at about nine, maybe ten games. Yeah, I mean Caleb Farley. He he's a talented guy, but he, he had injury issues over it. Yeah, it was back injuries. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So he was a guy that. If he's able to bounce back healthy, even though he was still, I think they picked him over at, at pick 22nd. Is that correct? 20, it might be 23. You might be right. Their but, roster makeup is so weird. Yeah. They're, I, I found them. <laughs> <laughs> they're actually a more recent version of the Texans, in my opinion. Um, top heavy. They're very, very top heavy. They do not appear to have a whole lot of depth. So injuries to, let's say injuries to Derek Hendry. You're looking at who? Jeremy McNichols. Injuries to either one of the receivers. The next guy up is Nick Westbrook. Who is that? I don't even know who that is. <laughs> um, or Cameron Batson. And then, I mean, tight ends, Jeff Swain. He's been around, so he, he's existing. But then you get down to the offensive line, and if anybody gets hurt there, they're relying on their second-round pick out of North Dakota State. Again, not a he's not a bad player, but smaller school guy, a little undersized. Like, going to be a technician, I'm sure, but I, I don't well, know if I want to rely on a second-round left tackle. Well, I mean, so – like I said, they're, the way they have their roster listed on the website is is really weird. Like, they have tackles, then they have Ken, Kendall as an offensive tackle, then they have their guards, um, and then they have offensive line. So it's like it's all spread through. But, yeah. Yeah, the depth is, is really scary on the offensive line for sure. Um, but I mean, at, at tight end, they've got Anthony Furcher who lit the Texans up last year. For that is true, 
like almost two what well, was it almost two hundred yards and two touchdowns or something like that. It was <laughs> gave the guy a career day. Um which um the Texans defense was really, really good about doing. Yeah. So where are we at on, on the Titans? Are they ascending? Are they gonna say the same? Are they is this it? Like what do we think their long term outlooks are? I think this is it. I I think this is it. Our next year is gonna be it just because Tannehill's getting up there in age. Derrick Henry's gonna run out of juice eventually. I saw someone put in the chat that Adrian Peterson like lasted a long time, taking all that wear and tear, but just I feel like Derrick Henry's play style just never lasts in the league. And so I think it's either this year or next year that they're going to hit a speed bump and it's going to go downhill. Yeah, no, I'm in total agreement. It all depends on Tannehill. If he is really this quarterback that he's been for the past year and a half, like if that's who he is, then, you know, the Titans probably have a couple more years. If he's just been uh, benefited from solid play calling, from, you know, having Derrick Henry, then I think the wall is going to come up a lot quicker than even the Titans expect. Like, I don't think that they can, I honestly, with the depth that they have, I don't see them repeating 11 and five. Like, I just, I just don't see it. Yeah. I think losing, Uh, losing Arthur Smith is going to be a much bigger issue than people realize. There was a reason why Vrabel held on to him. Um, and there's a reason why he's been there for so long through so many different coaches um, is because the guy was really good at what he did. And I get it. They've got Derrick Henry, so it's pretty easy to scheme up a running game. Um, and now Julio is there, so it takes a little bit more pressure off the running game from having to carry all the weight. Um, but I think Arthur Smith is going to be the the deciding factor for the, for those guys and not having him is going to kind of set them back a little bit. Yeah. The last year, the, the Titans were second in yards, fourth in points. This is according to pro football reference. I learned my lesson, better site. So I, I just, offense is usually a little bit more stable teams that perform one way offensively. It usually continues year in year out. So we'll see. I mean, I think that they, it just, it. I know everybody always talks about Derrick Henry, but it really does come down to Tannehill and how does he adjust post Arthur Smith. All right. So I was going to ask about Vrabel though. How do you feel about Mike Vrabel? Do you think he's really this great coach or just Arthur Smith was really helping him along the way? I think that remains to be seen. Um, Last year, Vrabel took over as the defensive coordinator and the defense, you know, performed exactly how you would expect a variable defense to perform. So, but I mean, two years in a row as a head coach, he's gotten his team to the playoffs. Yeah. I so, definitely feel like, I, mean, I, I definitely feel like he's a great motivator guy. He's a guy you really want as your head coach, but Colin plays, I, I just much rather have like a guy like Arthur Smith there. Yeah. I mean, I think he's a very intelligent coach um, and he knows the game and he knows how to, um, to, to coach a game. Um, we've seen that before where he's manipulated um, timeouts or challenges to gain extra timeouts, um, you know, stopping the clock. He's very good at that. 
Um, he's very good at managing the game from the sidelines, something that the, the Texans never had. Um, you know, we saw when the, I think it was the first year after he got hired away from Tennessee. Um, and I want to say they were playing the the Texans and the Titans were playing. Vince Wilfork said that the Texans kept the wrong coach. Um, you know, I, I get it that they've kind of always come up short and that uh, the defense wasn't amazing under his, his play calling. Um, but I feel like he's, he's one of those guys like, like what Paul said was he's a good motivator, um, but he can, he can have the right people around him to be successful. And he knows how to find those people. And that's what being at a, that's what being a head coach is all about is having the right people around you to be successful. Cause you can't take, you're not, you know, you're not working with every position all the time and um, you're not coaching all these guys up all practice long, especially at camp when you've got 90 bodies out there. Um, so that he's got this ability to um, have the right people surround him to, uh, to elevate the talent that he has on his roster. So I wouldn't say he's a, a, a bad coach, but I wouldn't say he's, um, you know, he's what you want out of a coach. Um, but he's not the, you know, he's definitely not uh, one of the, the big names out there. He's not your Andy Reid or your Bruce Arians or, you know, guys like that. Um, but he's, you know, he's somebody you can, you can definitely build around for sure. I mean, he definitely gets buy-in which is the number one job of the uh, the head coach. The only yeah. issue I have with any of that is last year, why didn't he find a defensive coordinator? Why did he do it himself? I mean, who's really out there to be a defensive coordinator um, that was going to change much? I mean, you go from Dean Pease, who's one of the most respected minds in the NFL, to ever call a defense. Um, that's that's kind of hard to replace. Um, maybe he decided he needed a year to try to figure out what he was looking for. Um, and, you know, maybe that cost him a little bit, but uh, I don't know. He, he may have been just trying to redeem himself from that Texans defense. He was, very <laughs> he was a coach. Player. I mean, it wasn't worse than the league, but it wasn't the best. Um, it wasn't even good. But, you know, it, it was top 25. We'll give him that, top 25 defense. Yeah. He, he's now been the coach, and he ended up promoting his defensive line coach to defensive coordinator. So maybe that was the guy that was actually the coordinator last year. Um, okay. Fair enough. So to kind of put a bow on all this, essentially when you look around at the AFC South, what do you think that means for the Texans' rebuild? Is there a team that is just like, how are we ever going to catch? Is there like, well – this division isn't going to be run by a juggernaut or is it one of those where you just don't see the Texans getting back up to a certain team's level anytime soon? I feel like, well, if the Texans do rebuild, it's kind of just really depends on the whole Deshaun situation. But if they do have to rebuild, the only team I'm actually worried about is the Jags. I feel like the Colts and the Titans both have like timers and it has to do with their quarterbacks, both of them. It really depends on how their quarterbacks play and how long Tannehill is going to play. But I feel like the Jags have a bunch of key pieces. And if the Jags can just get out of their own way, I think they could build a really good team that the Texans are going to have problems with for a while. But I'm a big Trevor Lawrence fan, though. Yeah, I think like like you said, I don't think I don't think there's going to be a juggernaut in this in the division for for a while. Um, I think they can have some very competitive teams um, and keep it very competitive between the you know the four teams. Um, 
I don't think the Texans rebuild is going to take as long as people think it's going to take. Um, you know, one way or the other, whether they, they Watson is here or they end up trading them away. Because if you think about it, if Watson's here, you're already very competitive. If you trade them away, you're going to gain a ton of equity to be able to invest in the future. Um, one, by clearing cap space, and two, by having a surplus of, of draft picks to be able to get younger and, you know, and bring in more talent. Um, the Colts have kind of given up a little bit of that with Wentz. They're going to definitely give up that first round pick next year um, or in the next draft because he's going to play enough. And then the Titans, um, you know, they're, they're the top dog right now, but they're not elite. So it's, and Julio is not going to make them elite. Uh, he doesn't have very much longer, you know, to play in the league, hopefully. Um, and the Jags, you know, it's, we always expect the same thing out of the Jags every year to be able to turn it around. And they always just end up falling flat on their face. So I think that, uh, <clears throat> I think soon we'll have, you know, the top dog that's going to run the le- the division for a few years. Um, but there won't be an elite team here for a while. Yeah, I'm definitely in agreement. The team that should be able to do it is actually the Jaguars. I think that the Colts are about to be in perpetual purgatory. Like they were not going to be bad enough to fall down to get the quarterback they need. They need to pray for a miracle of Wentz. If Wentz turns into the quarterback everybody thought he could be, then the Colts will be a, a pain for years. But I don't think that that, I just, I don't see Wentz bouncing back. Like he's just not, he was so lucky on so many of his throws when he was good that you just can't replicate that. And I think that at this point, that aggressive conservative mentality that a quality quarterback has to have, like knowing when to be aggressive and when not to be, I just don't think he has it. That killer instinct. Yeah. He's just, he's, I don't, I just, I, he, I could be wrong, but everything for the Colts depends on wins. If he's a quality quarterback, then the Colts don't have to go out and get a quarterback and they're going to be annoying. The Titans, I mean, even if Tannehill is that quarterback, like they've just, they're so thin at their top, like behind their, their, their top level players. Like that makes their window very, very short. Maybe this year, maybe next year they top out and that's it. And that's if Tannehill is actually the player that he really is this player that he's been. If he comes back down to earth or if he even comes back down to being an above average quarterback, not this elite level quarterback, the Titans are going to fall off this year. Like, so I don't, I don't see the window for either one of those teams actually being open for that long. The team that would scare me is the Jaguars and Trevor Lawrence all the potential in the world. If they're able to develop him, the Jaguars will be one of those franchises that are almost bulletproof from bad decisions because you have that quarterback, which means every year in the playoffs, every year with disappointment, the Jaguars still manage a way to screw things up. And we hope that continues and that's with ownership. But the Jaguars legitimately should be the team by the time the Texans get their act back together that we should worry about. Because I mean, this year without Watson, just writing it off like this year doesn't exist like we're gonna sit there we're gonna 
find whatever of these four to four linebackers that we actually like and we hope we keep around. Like without Watson this year, my only goal is to actually find a guy whose jersey I can get. Um, I'm not going to be looking for wins or anything. So this year doesn't matter. The Colts and the Titans, they can be good this year. It's the years after that I'm worried about. And I don't think that either one of those teams are really going to be that great long term. Yeah, I mean, I agree 100%. I mean, not to say the Colts are going to fall off the earth. They're just going to be annoying, but they're not going to be an elite level team. They're going to be like us when we didn't have a quarterback. So have fun with that, Indianapolis. <laughs> All right. Um, anybody else have anything else they would like to add? No, just getting ready for training camp, man. Um, interesting question from Say Seno now. If Watson stay, does his jersey sales go up? No. Is anybody going to buy his jerseys? <laughs> no. Look, yeah, they're definitely going to go down. Are they even selling his jersey right now? Do we yeah. know? They are. Oh, you can get it on sale right now. I oh, mean, I he's still he, he's still the Texans quarterback. If you want a Texans jersey, you can most likely get it on sale. It's just so sad. Like you go into a store right now and they have the Watt jerseys and the and the Watson jerseys, and it's just like, what happened? They still have Aaron Watcher jerseys for sale on the Texans website. <laughs> well, I mean, that makes sense. Like that makes sense. Arian Foster, like he's one of he's one of the great Texans. Yeah. But I mean, it's just, yeah, I mean, I don't see his jersey sales going up. I think uh, there's still a lot of um, reputation rebuilding that's going to have to take place, um, de obviously dependent on the outcome. Um, and it's it's one of those things that, you know, again, like I said, when this, this whole situation started, um, and I don't know, I'll, I'll kind of end it on this, but like it's, Regardless of the outcome, right, is somebody is is going to have to carry this reputation around with them for the rest of their lives. Um, whether it be him, if he's found innocent and, you know, he's cleared of all wrongdoing and, um, you know, things like that, it's still going to be, well, you know, there's that, that thought, right? Like Ben Roethlisberger, um, it's, it still gets brought up all the freaking time. You can never escape it. It'll always be there. It's it's the internet. Like, you know, social media is ruthless when it comes to that stuff. Um, or then if, you know, he is found guilty of it, um, that's it. Like, it's the end of it. Like, there's no coming back from that ever. So it's, it's one of those things that no matter how this ends, um, there's still a very, very hurt reputation for both he and the Texans, I, th I feel like. I feel like the Texans are going to have this hang around for the next 20 years. Um, they'll always be the team that had the quarterback that um, potentially assaulted these women. And that's, you know, that's tough. It, it really is. It's a really big burden for this team to carry um, and for him to carry. And uh, so I don't I don't think it, the jersey sales will definitely won't go up. Um I don't think they'll go down. I, I don't think we'll ever see really reports on it, obviously. Um, but it's just one of those things that it just it, – the situation sucks yeah. for everybody involved. I mean, unfortunately, I don't think – no other team has ever gone through a situation like this. Like, there, there's been close, 
but this situation, just the whole mess of it, no matter how it ends up. And guess what? They're going to talk about it when they talk about the Texans for the next 10 years. Easily. Yeah. Maybe even longer than that. Just that's how it is. All right. Any, anything else? Anything else we want to talk about before we call it a night? We're over an hour. No, I think we're done. All right. Well, y'all, thank you so much. Great show. Uh, thank you, Patrick Storm. You can find him at Patrick Storm TU. And thank you, Paul. He uh, he runs the the Texans Unfiltered um, main Twitter and Instagram. So if you interact with any one of the main accounts. You're usually talking to Paul, and he actually usually knows what he's talking about too. So say hey to him at Houston FB Pod. And then that's it. Uh, thank you so much for everyone in chat, everyone that shows up weekend week out. Y'all make this worth doing. Um, and we will see you next week.